Okay, we're back. Uh, look who we look who we dragged in. <laughs> What's good, guys? <laughs> thank, thank, thanks for joining. I think this will actually like coincidentally. I think this will be our hundredth episode as well. So nice. Hey, I don't know what one. that. I don't know what. I don't know what that means. But yeah, great guest to have on anyway. Thanks. Thanks for joining us, two idiots. <laughs> no problem. No problem. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> So, 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 dude, we obviously we met you and I met at at Breakpoint Solana conference, and I think it's probably like a really good kind of icebreaker to this talk. Um, you know, we was we were standing in this like really well organized event. I mean, those guys just laid it on, man, and we were just like, yeah, this is cool, like great conference, everything's so super organized, and then literally like twenty four hours later, like. <laughs> everything fell apart you know like so so what's happened since then dude what are your thoughts around you know all of that that's happened i mean i know it's a big question um yeah i mean here we are yeah i mean yeah we were talking um i think we kind of agreed that the vibe was kind of unexpected at the solana conference um because like it was very like up in spirits all of, like the builders were excited about where the chain was and like the progress they were making on their applications and like working together for the future. Um, like very little mention of price, which I talked to people there and they said was like very different from the year before. So I thought that was cool. Um, yeah. And then FTX implosion happens like literally as we board the plane to fly back to the <laughs> States, which is insane. I'm like, I get off the plane. And I'm like, I tweeted something before, and I, I get off the plane, and people are like, "CZ is buying FTX." <laughs> I'm like, well, I've only been in the air for like eight hours. There's no way that happened while I was gone. Um, but that was crazy. I think it's like, it's it's evident of a lot of the a lot of things that we've seen in crypto this year, where it's like people were just mismanaging um, funds at such a such a large scale, and it impacted so many other people that were doing things the right way, like as DeFi is supposed to, and literally working on building this like decentralized future. Um, and it's kind of unfortunate that it happened that way, but it's kind of like ripping, I think, like a scab off um, from my point of view, like the entire industry, but even specifically Solana, which was very closely tied to SBF. Um, I think that like a lot of the teams haven't really wavered on the things that they were saying at the conference. And like a lot of the leaders have stepped up um, and said that, no, like we're still in this like for long term, like the chain upgrades that they've made over the past few months, like addressing all the issues, um, the downtime and stuff like that are still um, still valid. Um, so I think it's it's like it's a it's a it's a divergence. It's like the 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 public sentiment, whether you like know the teams really well, is completely different from if you're just seeing from the outside and you're just looking at like everything that happens from afar. Yeah, I mean, we got we got a little bit of insight because we were very good friends with the Hero Labs guys and trying yeah. to, trying to shout their name from the rooftops as much as possible. Probably get on everyone's nerves a little bit, but um, they're kind of our friends, and we really like what they're doing anyway. So, but it is it is exactly right what you're saying from like the inside out. It's a completely different kind of narrative and sentiment around the whole thing. And like, if you were to solely base on like your investment thesis by looking at tweets coming from Twitter, you'd think Solana would be at like 
At the Zero. coin mamba price. Yeah, the coin <laughs> maybe the coin mamba price of three dollars. Yeah. <laughs> He's definitely waiting for that to happen, by the way, so he can kind of like reply to Sam after all these years and get his vendetta. <laughs> yeah, like while he's in prison. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um is it, where where do you see that going then? Like from um do you think you think there's enough there for the complete revival to happen? Do you, do you think they have to fix enough any any shit? I, I don't know how much lingering because they did have a lot of damage from the kind of people that they were bringing in to try and prop up the ecosystem in the early days. And obviously it was connotated with like the Sam ecosystem. And we, we posted something the other day saying it's nice to see like the Solana eco getting a bit of a bid, even if it did come from like a shit coin that is bonk <laughs> and that's yeah. all well and good, but at least it got people over there, you know, trying it out. And um, I hadn't tried any shit over there for a long time and, trying the whirlpools on Orca, their take on like concentrated liquidity. I was kind of blown away to be honest. So there is there's been some great kind of developments over there. I don't know what your thoughts on it are on it. Yeah, personally, um from my perspective, I I think the chain is is gonna survive and do well. I think their two main issues um are like the DeFi ecosystem um coming back strong because as you guys know um, like a lot of those early tokens have very predatory um, tokenomics and were like down only even when Solana was doing really well. And that was like very bad for users um, just of the chain and the perception of, of Solana DeFi as a whole. Um, so that's one thing. And then the separate thing is like the chain, um, like the, the few times it went down and addressing those issues. Um, so I would say that on both fronts, I think they're making significant progress to it, like in the way that I'm, I can be confident um, and thinking that that they're going to do well moving forward. Um, as far as addressing like the chain downtime, so some of the main upgrades they made, a lot of the issues that they had were caused by spam transactions, um, which were like congesting the chain. Um, and they like made two like really big upgrades to address that. So one is like the upgrades from the validators using a UDP um, at, at the transport layer to using Quick, which like allows them to control all of the like spam contracts spam transactions coming through a lot easier um, and like limit them for coming from like specific um, accounts, which they couldn't do before. Um, and then the other thing is like localized fee markets. So in Solana versus Ethereum, Ethereum, when gas spikes, the entire chain, like anything you're trying to do on Ethereum, um, it spikes because of how the EVM is designed. It's sequential. So all the transactions have to happen immediately after one another. Um, but with Solana, it's paralyzable. So if you have like one NFT mint that's blowing up the chain and people are doing a ton of spam transactions like over and over and over and over trying to hit that mint, you can raise the fees in that one like specific area and it won't affect everything else that's going on on the chain, um, which is huge for like performance. Um, it's like a really, really big upgrade. I, I don't think it's been talked about um, really as much as it should have like because people are just like, oh, the chain is down all the time. It's gone down like Three, I want to say three, like three major times, like in the past year. I want to say, um, but yeah, people aren't really looking deeper into like, oh, what discussions came after that? How did they address these issues? What are the devs talking about? And what is like Anatoly saying about how they're going to move forward and address these things? And they have been like breaking things in pride, literally, and and finding ways to make the chain more performant. So even if you look now, I think like priority transactions, which are ones that are like using these localized fee markets have become a significant like percent um, of transactions on a chain, which is like only upgrades happened in like the recent months. So those two things, and then like the DeFi ecosystem, 
Um, I think that the current teams have a completely different like viewpoint and also like a very more like communal aspect of how they're building on chain. Um, because in, in like early days, you had SBF, which was yelling about Solana. Um, and that was only when there was like, what, what was the first wallet? Like solid. And like yeah. one, one other, <laughs> one other, was like one other decks early on. But like in the past year, um, there's been so many like Solana hackathons um, and the teams coming out of that um, and teams that really have seen the, the, the mistakes that were made before and how they want to change that and work more with the community um, like moving forward. So like teams like Drift, uh, like Zeta Markets, um, like the GTO guys, um, there's a ton of really good teams, I think, that are building and are doing it in the right way now. So it was like the two main uh, issues for me that I see, and I think they've addressed both of them. So, so I mean, instead of like approaching an interview from, hey, Z, uh, introduce yourself to our viewers, we just kind of did it the other way around and we like jumped Every, straight everyone into knows, Everyone knows <laughs> it is bad. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like let's just jump straight in and it's like i think i think that was probably the best introduction that we could have in terms of who you are and it's kind of like okay well you want to know about solana this is what i think about solana and i'm not just <laughs> going to give you the, the superficial stuff i'm going to give you the whole enchilada so so thank you for that sir uh, there's a there's quite a lot there that i was kind of aware of but i wasn't clear on so thanks for that um i'd like to just go back to that conversation that we had in terms of you know the the bull run that you had, I mean, I think the bull run that you had kind of like from my perspective and obviously chatting to you, I got the feeling like you kind of like found your your mojo in many ways. I think you made some really great calls. I'd really like to chat about that. But more importantly, in terms of where you find yourself now in terms of your career and the third part of the question and probably the the one that I'm really dying to hear about is how you kind of like preparing your your kind of arsenal for the next bull run and the kind of research that you're approaching i mean i know there's quite a lot there in those three questions but let's see where we get to cool awesome um yeah last bull run was was crazy <laughs> crazy <laughs> it was crazy so like i first got into crypto like 2017 um and i kind of saw i was on uh, like like bitrix uh, no, 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 Bitrix. Bitrix is like one of the old, essentially what Binance is now, Bitrix was then. Like at the, towards the end of my first like crypto cycle was when BNB launched. Um, but like I, I traded it back then, saw the Bitcoin run up when it was mostly parabolic from like what, 3K to like 20K. Um, then I saw alts go crazy and then everything else went straight, <laughs> basically down <laughs> in 20, in 2018. Um, so I've seen uh, that cycle um, and really just like kept paying attention to the space over the years. And then in 2020, um, which is really when stuff started picking up again, um, my daughter was actually born like late 2019. So the first half of 2020, I was not paying attention to markets at all. I was like, I was focused on, on, on that and my actual like job, what I was doing before. Um, but then like mid 2020, late 2020, um, I was kind of looking at DeFi stuff and I saw how all that popped off. Like I saw what Av, Av did or Ave, I don't know if people say Ave, Ave. Um, and then like Uniswap and like everything that was going on in there and it was just craziness. Um, and it was like, oh, I've seen this before. Like I've seen this going on before. And I looked at Bitcoin 
and Bitcoin was trading at like 9K or like 10K. And I was like, uh, I know Bitcoin's at least going back to all time high because that's just how money flows in the space. Alts pop off, people take profit from alts into Bitcoin. Um, then if there's more stuff going on, money's going to keep flowing throughout the system and just like rotate. And that was something like one of the first things I learned in crypto was like alt versus BCC. If you're trading alt, short BCC. Um, so you don't want, don't want to be in alts when Bitcoin is doing really well. And I was like hammered to all the like new guys in 2017. And so I knew like it was funny because in mid 2020, all the DeFi guys who would like that year and only knew Uniswap, literally only knew Ethereum and Uniswap. They did not care at all about Bitcoin. They're like, what is what is that? I'm not I'm not buying Bitcoin. I'm <laughs> I'm buying what was it like so whatever the news and all those like random coins on on Uniswap, like the really micro cabs that people were, were chasing and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, so nobody was paying attention to Bitcoin, and it was like that's the perfect scenario uh, or setup for like Bitcoin to go parabolic out of nowhere, and that's why like, I expected to happen. And that was like one of the first things I tweeted about on my old um on my on my account i think i had probably like two three k followers but i was like bitcoin is going at least to all-time high and i said it was going to go higher and ended up going higher um and then like after that i like called was close to calling like the bitcoin one of the, the early bitcoin tops um and i kind of saw where DeFi, like the all tokens were at so like called that rotation back from like bitcoin to DeFi. um and it just like sees sentiment shift. And like once you're you're like looking at it really closely for like a long period of time, you kind of just like get a feel for the market and where money's gonna flow to next. Cause like, oh, Bitcoin went from 10K to like 40K, whatever it was that first high January like 2021. Just Forex, biggest market cap in crypto. Okay, where's money gonna flow? Um, and then you look at these altcoins that have just been trading like sideways for basically those three, four months that Bitcoin was doing really well. And it's like, okay, somebody has been taking profit on Bitcoin and buying altcoins because if they're trading sideways, they're not going down. Um, and then like early that January, altcoins started breaking out. Um, I was like around the same time, Solana, I think Solana was trading at like $1.50, like yeah. early, early January. Um, and somebody pointed out to me uh, like SPF, and like, what are you trying to do with Serum? Um, and like, I saw that this is, he was like, there's always leaders um, in crypto that that center attention and focus around their coins. Um, and he was a guy that was like, that was, that was doing that. Um, so the mother like the CZ with BNB. But my thought process was, okay, DeFi pops off on Ethereum. It's going to happen on these other chains as well, eventually. And I was like, my original thesis for like the L1 trade um, and how I got into Solana and Solana ended up doing like really well. Um, what else happened that year? Like, oh, like late, like GameFi stuff. Um, <laughs> I was like, I when, when Axie was doing, I don't even want to know how much revenue it was doing. Um, it was only like a ton of, of monthly revenue. Um, and I saw that trend pop off pretty early. Um, and then like Jewel and DeFi Kingdoms, all that stuff. Um, it was kind of like looking for what hasn't like what hasn't really received attention yet and what's like new in crypto um, and what I think like where I think cash is going to flow to. So that's like what I was tracking. I did, I did a lot of the, the rotations really well. I don't know how I ended up with so many followers. I was just tweeting, but <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. I seen someone say the other day, I think it might have been 
cred. He said as soon as things started to get really convoluted and things started get like when we started seeing like redacted come out of the scene with like meta governance tokens and things like that, he was just like, This is such like despite redacted being probably one of my picks for 2023 with De Niro and things like that coming out. He was just saying mm. it got so convoluted and there was so many layers to the onion that he was just like ready to tap out. And that was kind of one of his signals. He was like, if you can't explain it to the fresh meat that's coming into the market, it's a bit kind of, it's, it's slowly turning from PVE to PV, PVP in that moment. And I thought yeah. that was like a really good point, but an, an idiot like, I know me and Jerry were both doing this, but we we just bought into it and completely got destroyed following that moment. Yeah, I I remember late, like that November, I did a a poll and I was like, how many people think November is going to be bullish? And it was like 95% think November is going to be bullish. And I was like, how many people have taken profits uh, like into stables? And it was like 10, 15%. And it was like, how many people have like pulled cash off like into their bank accounts and i was like it was like november um and people were like why would i ever pull cash off out of schools <laughs> if i'm There's just getting yield, if I'm just now getting we... yield, if i'm just getting yield on chain i was like what do you <laughs> i was like what do you mean why, why would you never pull cash? it was crazy people were literally telling me like why would you ever pull cash like into your bank account i'm like you still like use your bank i use your bank account every day um <laughs> i remember so I, I was like i went on i think i went on up only uh like no i think i went on up only in november and i was kind of yeah. when i was i was talking through my my thought process like what i i didn't think stuff was gonna go up um it's just because we had ex- we had done so many trends like, okay d5 pump then the l1s pump then yeah. game five pump then like bitcoin oh. retested all-time high like oh, every yeah. like yeah 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 like literally and there was like Forks of every like there were how many own forks like I don't know like ten plus own forks there were forks of everything, um, and I was just like, what else is there to rotate money into at at like this point in time? And it was like it Except ended up being, your bank account, Except right? Your bank account, account where yeah. nobody wanted to put money. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the real rotate. Um, yeah, real Yeah, the final rotation that everybody forgets in crypto is like actually take take money out. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so I was Ever, like, everyone was yeah. too busy trying to catch that near rotation that happened for like six hours. <laughs> like, yeah, the near, like, DeFi near, yeah, like, near, 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 yeah, near, like 30, 30, 30 minutes, <laughs> dude. Yeah, I got caught, I got caught with near. So, like, I sold, I sold top pretty, pretty well in November. I got caught like early this year in some of those like late rotations, um, and stuff. So, that's where I got clipped. I didn't really get clipped last year, but or not 2021, 20, early 2022. Um, what else did you ask? Like about researching for Yeah, so you so then obviously there was there's a bit of a a bit of a like you know from from crypto DJ into being approached by somebody to to do research. Tell us about that. Because I, I love that part of your story. <laughs> yeah, so um yeah, so I recently just joined um the training group um as head of research. Um and the training group is a venture capital firm. Uh, that's been around for the past decade. Um, we've done a, a really good job of finding, right, they've done a really good job of finding like early consumer businesses and like locking into these like really niche passion areas 
um, and then helping them grow those businesses um, to like the next level. Um, so Peter Turner was like chairman um, and CEO of Fox Group uh, in the early 2000s. So he oversaw things like he greenlit Titanic and Avatar, um, oversaw like the large growth of that network. So he's been on like the forefront of seeing all these changing media and like consumer trends um, and like all this stuff. And it's really like led a lot of the insights into how the firm operates. Um, so what is that, some of the early stuff is like Barstool, um, Action Network, yeah. Um, yeah, stuff like Hodinkee, which is like a, a watch brand, um, Meat Eater, which is like uh, a brand for like hunting, fishing, um, all that stuff. And so like they really lock into these areas where people are extremely passionate about um, and just grow these businesses to like the next level. And the crypto fund, TCG Crypto, just started um, in like what, mid uh, 2021. Uh, I just joined as head of research and the thesis is similar to the larger fund, which is we're looking at these consumer focused businesses and applications. Um, but the real key is how does blockchain enable these um, businesses in a way that traditional businesses would not be able to access these um, groups of people. And then also like the technologies and the infrastructure that underpin all these applications. So we invest um, across a ton of different lanes, but really looking in and locking into that like purview. And that's how we're thinking about things. Um, yeah, like moving, moving forward this year, um, it's been, it's been cool for me because like last, last bear, um, I was just working like traditionally on uh, software engineering. Um, but I always was going crypto on the side. So it's what I'm, I'm passionate about. So for me, it was like, how do I find something that aligns with what I really want to do? And like also utilize my skill set um, and like in, in, in working. So that was my, my whole, I feel like TCG specifically the firm is like the best place to do that at because right now we're at the cusp of where people are actually going to start using these like consumer applications in crypto. Like last cycle, I feel like there was not nearly as much applications that people are using like day-to-day -day basis. Like stuff like Uniswap wasn't there, like I wasn't there, like all the DeFi stuff wasn't really there. And NFTs like was not nearly as big as they are now. So like now it's like, okay, what businesses are going to come out of all of this um, and what's going to be here in like three to five years? Um, so that's what we're looking at um, at TC. Sick. Sick. Was that, was that something that you applied for or were you approached or is there a bit of both going on there? Yeah, a bit of both, a combination. Um, J-Mo, John, one of the guys I knew back in New York, actually, um, and he is out in L.A. now. Uh, but yeah, one of the other investors on TCG Crypto. So we knew each other beforehand and kind of like linked up through Twitter. Um, and it makes sense because the research piece is obviously what I'm doing 24-7 all the time anyway. Um, and it was just like a good fit. And I wanted really to be in a more like traditional like role. I've never worked in in like an official like finance position before. Before I was tech and then finance on the side. In my mind it was like business, but my major was like computer science. So the combination of like tech and finance has always been where my my passion is. All right, so um, I I think it was last year you, you did quite a long. I can't remember if it's a thread or it might have been like a newsletter piece or something like that on like a thesis. Will we get one this year? <laughs> I think <laughs> like for me. Into what you kind of <laughs> I can talk about it a little bit. Um, 
yes yeah, so i i think i'll probably put one out like just just looking at at stuff um i'm looking at for the year i think what i'm gonna do is probably do it like more like a monthly basis like like kind of like shorter shorter term stuff and then do like a few like larger ideas um just like where i think stuff's going directionally um but let me think so at tcg what we're looking at uh for the year we're looking at mobile um like on-chain media stuff and then infrastructure um and like advancements on that side so mobile we think is going to be huge um because like a lot of like just transient users and like consumers like globally like are using mobile phones um a lot more like just with everything and crypto really hasn't tapped into that i don't think uh that well yet so we think that a lot of those applications that do that uh, whether it be gaming or like any other um sectors are going to do really well um and then on-chain media is like we invest across all different types uh, of businesses um but on-chain like the area where people are like conversing back and forth um, doesn't really exist with the data that you're seeing on chain. Like we have Twitter and we have these other decentralized social medias. Um, but I think there's a lot of room for growth there where people are discussing everything that's happening on chain. So like Twitter is kind of like one step removed, I feel like from that. Um, like you'll see people trading off like the new contracts on Uniswap, or like if, if somebody launches something and you're looking at that, or like, who are these wallets buying these NFTs? Um, so you kind of have like, a lot of insights into stuff like that. Um, and there's like a few tools now that are out there looking at, at those things, but it's like, it's not really, it hasn't really grown. It's like a media like biz where people interact person to person. Um, so we're looking at a lot of stuff like that. Um, and then also on the infrastructure side, as you guys know, a change is extremely fast um, in crypto, like the whole discussion around app chains um, and rollups. Um, and like which uh, VM architectures are going to make the most sense using forward. Um, we want to be at the forefront of, of investing in those innovative technologies because we're not looking at what makes the most sense right now. We're looking at what yeah. makes the most sense five plus years out. So like what is actually going to be the most performant um, like underlying technologies that these applications are going to be built on? Um, and how do we capitalize on that moving forward? Um, yeah, so that's essentially like some of the main areas I'm looking at at TCG. Um, and like personally, I think like there's a ton of opportunities for people to like get in on the ground floor of these new projects that they could not do last bear market. Um, so like if you're really, I think if you're really like closely paying attention, you can do a lot with like being active on these, these like new chains test nets and working with these applications that are like, obviously looking for users the users that were around in the bear market last time were the users the first people using yearn like the first people on uniswap the people who got all those airdrops and i think the same thing is going to happen this year but on a much more larger scale yeah um just because of of how how many more developers in the space now how many more users um and just like there's a process for how you want to distribute value to your users on um, and kind of like onboard them to your um, your platforms. Um, so I think it's gonna happen a lot. Like stuff like I don't know. Like I think like Celestia, they're gonna have like a, a test net. Um, 
I think they have their first set sent out, but like the later stages of it are, I think are going to be incentivized ones, um, stuff like Say Network. Um, what else? Uh, being active on like, I think, I think being active on like the ZK. Vertex are going to do one. You said which one? Yeah. I think Vertex protocol. I don't know if they're in, their test nets going to be incentivized, but from, from what I can kind of gather, the similar to like a DYDX playbook were um no token initially but usage of the protocol and on like activity going through the smart contracts and things is probably going to be monitored i'm just reading between the lines because he wouldn't give me much darius wouldn't give me much information but i can imagine that's gonna happen (laughs) yeah so the thing is like it's it pays to be what's the word to like be active without somebody having to tell you you're gonna get this for doing this and like those are always the best the best airdrops you're gonna get are the stuff where you literally just get from like um, being inquisitive and looking at things early and being active on chain and doing everything. Literally being the person that like, I'm testing this out, not because I want to get an airdrop, but I'm testing this out because I want to see how this protocol works and I want to like know how to do it myself um, if it is something that like works out in the future. So I, I really think it, it's not even like chains, but like you said, like even specific applications because um, there's, there's so much money that flows into this space. Um, a lot of that, like a lot of the early um, onboarding process is like, okay, we're going to give some of that to our like users. So, Do you think, do you think Arbitrum will nail their airdrop or do you think, what do you think is going to happen there? Do you think it's, it's been kind of sibled to death and TVL and activity <laughs> will drop following the launch? I, cause I, I, I don't know how many idiots are in the space. Like I love using Arbitrum, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll still use it even if the, the airdrops total dog shit but like a lot of people will leave they'll be on to the next one <laughs> yeah i don't think so i think i think Arbitrum's gonna do well i think like arbitrum is one of the ones where everybody knows it's coming so it's like everybody knows that the token is coming at this point um <laughs> but like the user activity on the user activity on all these applications it's been such a long time since like the chain or like that l2 has been active um now, like, I feel like it's, it's literally like organic activity. Like people are going to be using whatever applications they're using now, regardless of if they get however much RB or whatever it's called, um, like when the, the airdrop happens. And I think what you're going to see is like, I'm really curious to see what valuation it like launches at. That's what I'm, I'm curious for. Um, because the Optimism token has actually been one of the best tokens this like during this like short bear of like what last, since like the 3AC crash, like last June. It led like the last summer rally. Um, it's been doing pretty well like the these past couple weeks. Um, but it's because it's like there's not that many ways to bet on L2s on Ethereum yet. Like you, you can buy Ethereum, uh, but there's no way for people to really express I'm bullish on L2s like on Ethereum. And I think like the Optimism token is getting a lot of that attention from that now. And I think Arbitrum um, is going to be the same way. I don't, yeah, I, I, I would be surprised if people were just like, dump it in it's just like down only i would be very surprised because that's kind of what people expected with optimism like the sentiment around um that token was bad like oh that the, the fdb is super high like this isn't used for anything this token is worthless um but it, it's done pretty well i think they've done a, a good job of incentivizing the applications on their chain um and people want to own like the token of like whatever the the most active roll-up is Future chains that you are yeah. bullish on? Future chains I'm bullish on? 
Uh, future chains and bullish on. I really like. <laughs> who do I like? Obviously, Celestia. I've been talking about them for a while. Um, what I think is interesting there is like all of the applications that are going to come from that ecosystem. Because um, Celestia is like a mo as a modular data availability layer, they are reliant on rollups being built on top um, of their platform for their chain to accrue any value at all. So like they are like those first set of rollups and applications that launch um, on Celestia. Um, I know those are going to get a lot of attention because they're, like, they're really important to their their process as a business. Um, so I think those are going to be interesting stuff like Eclipse um, and then stuff like Dimension. So Dimension is, is a modular settlement layer in Cosmos. Um, they're working with Celestia also, um, but they're working on building like a, a, <clears throat> a roll-up SDK. So similar to how the Cosmos SDK allows you to launch any L1 in the Cosmos ecosystem. Dimension and Celestia are going to have their own separate SDKs that allow you to launch um, rollups on top of those chains. So if you want to launch a rollup on Cosmos and you want to settle to Dimension chain, you'll use their SDK, rollup SDK, um, to do that. Um, so I think that's going to be really cool this year. Um, what else do I like? I like Say. Say they, Network is they, cool. Dimension's got one of the best kind of – Dimension's got one of the best play on words. Whoever came up with it, the roll app. It's like yeah, it's it's sick, nice right? Roll app. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I we had them, we had them on about four like I'd say like four or five months ago we had them on and I was just like shit. This is uh, this is really you know it's just one of those things where it's like a zero to one kind of innovation. You're just like shit. I need need to pay attention to this. Um, yeah, but yeah, that roll app thing that just like f falls on your lap. That's just like so you couldn't you couldn't wish for a better kind of tagline. <laughs> I yeah I agree, um, yeah and there's what other stuff. I, I, honestly, I've been looking at a, a lot of Cosmos stuff. Um, like I think what they're doing with ICS is going to be interesting. I don't know how. I saw ICS is interchain security, where like you use the Cosmos Hub validators um, to launch whatever your your chain. Um, and one of the first ones is going to be Neutron. I think that's coming out Q1. Um, so it's going to be interesting the perception around Atom and like how value accrues to Atom. Um, so ICS is going to be big for that. I'm interested in that and how that works out. Um, what other stuff is cool? What about any so of the um, Aptos suite? Do you think that's a? Uh, I it's like I, I feel like Aptos and Aptos and Sui are like from a purely like technological standpoint. I think obviously. They're able to do things that Ethereum can't, but you can say the same thing about like Solana um, and other chains like that. I think what's going to be key for them is like this first year, how they are with onboarding users. Because when Solana launched, it was, I want to say like, well, not when it launched, but when it was like around a dollar or two, it was, it was market cap was probably like 10x lower than what Aptos, I think, yeah. launched at. Um, so it's like a lot... It's, I feel like it's more difficult um, to have like that organic growth in like community, just like from users um, being active for a long time. That happened on Solana because everybody was not ex super excited about the L1 thesis. So I think they're going to have to prove um, like moving forward that that whole piece of it. 
Um, Sweet is interesting. I know they're focusing more on like the gaming side of things. So I think that's actually going to be really interesting. I don't know the timelines um, on when they're going. Um, they're mainly going live. But but yeah, I, I still think both of them are interesting. I'm, I don't know. They, they're going to have a lot to prove, though. Like it's, it's a different trade than, than other stuff. Yeah. I think the things they they got that real Silicon Valley valuation, didn't they? That, that came came in ridiculous valuation in the midst of a bear market. Yeah, I, I was I was kind of concerned that like the SPF Solana playbook was gonna resurface on both chains because they seem to be leading the rounds, throwing what we now know as <laughs> other people's money out the out yeah. the and shit like that. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I we we me and Jerry always say the fact that. The, the avalanche rotation and if you were very early the solana rotation as well that's it that did so well because it it gave people a chance to actually turn a profit um because you could have picked up avalanche at what 10 15 dollars before that all happened joe like sub a dollar and things like that but when you're going in really hot with like high valuation there's not enough not enough meat to be squeezed out of the move i think that's for a lot saying, of people's yeah. appetite yeah yeah, I get what you're saying now, 100%. Yeah, it's much harder. It's just like the, before, like Solana didn't Solana didn't do well at the very beginning strictly because of what applications were built on the chain. It was like that that that, that onboarding process kind of happened like naturally. Um, it was kind of like the opposite with of the Aptos where it's like already super high. Mm. But we'll see. Yeah, Thoughts? I think N NFTs kind of dragged a lot of people over to Solana as well. Like, did like... Not a pump yeah. DGN apps or anything. They they got a lot of traction over that. And the Solana NFT community seem to have done pretty well. I know you to leaving the polygon now. <laughs> Don't know what's happened there, but um yeah. the well, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's an one. They were given three million dollars. Polygon said, Come over, we'll give you three million so that you can set up. You need to set up, so you need some money. And they said, Yes, we'll come. Set up, um, they already fucking yeah. launched. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, I, I, dude, I'll, dude, I'll you I'll need get set up. You need three million dollars to set up once you've set up. Didn't you know it's like the second fee that you need to pay when you set up somewhere? <laughs> yeah, well, what, the fuck, what, the, what the fuck are we doing? We got a contact at Polygon. We need to. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have anything they want, clearly. If they did, then maybe we'd also get the same offer. So. <laughs> Something to work towards. Uh, Z, uh, thoughts on layer zero? Thoughts on layer zero. Um, let's see. So I, I think... I don't know who's going to win the bridge wars. I don't I don't have a strong opinion on who's going to win um, the bridge wars yet. Um, I do think that, like, it's interesting the, like, different different ways that people are attacking that problem. Cause obviously last year, uh, what was it like? Multi-billion dollars. Stargates. Um, like we're, we're launched. Uh, like, like there's so many, so many different hacks and stuff that has happened with like different ecosystems um, that are trying to connect to one another because of the bridges. Um, so I think like what the best architecture gonna be um, is like the optimistic verification. So um, I, it's just hard for me it's hard for me to be super bullish on systems that are like not as I don't know what the word is. It's like the the trust yeah. the trust piece um is like really yeah. big for bridges um and like with rollups 
or like that are that are designed the optimistic way. It's like you are like aren't reliant on whatever validators or whatever set of of, of validators that you have like controlling the bridge. Um, so it's like slightly different in that way. But yeah, I, I don't have a strong opinion on which which bridges are gonna win out. Um, really, Axelar on the Cos Cosmos is a kind of decent competitor as well. So yeah. We were speaking to someone about that. Obviously, we can't can't mention who that was because that might be a bit bad. But um, yeah, and there's Socket and Bungie is pretty cool as well. Those those guys, one of the nicest teams I've ever met in my life. I don't know, yeah, what they're smoking over there, but they're, they're <laughs> shit all the time. <laughs> um, would you do you think the um, the kind of at the point of Shanghai fork going through, like Liquid Stake and Derivatives will probably get sold off or? Yeah, I think, I, think, I think like after after the event um, or like going up to the event, they'll probably like you'll see some profit taking. But like long term, it's like super bullish um, for all of them. Like I think Lido is 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 doing well for good reasons um, because like the amount of people that are staking Ethereum like right now, it's a lot lower than what's going to be post that upgrade where people can withdraw. Um, and I think like since. Also, since like Ethereum is shifting their focus to pushing like all of the execution like off chain um, for like through rollups, it's like staking on Ethereum is going to be like a lot. This is like the main thing that people are going to be doing with all their ETH because um, like all the execution is going to be happening off chain on these rollups. Um, and if like you want to capture value from that, it's like you're not really going to be looking for like which application are going to deploy next on Ethereum. Um, it's like that's like the best way I think people are gonna try and capture value from that. Um and ETH is like by far been proven to be the safest play. Um, I think like in comparison, like in competing with all these other L1s. Um, they move a lot slower, obviously. Um, but it's like known and I think agreed upon that like Ethereum is not going anywhere. Um, and it's definitely gonna be like the safest like smart contract play for for people to make. So I think obviously that like once these like upgrades go through. Um, I think the percent of ETH stakes is going to go up a lot, and that's going to be good for all of these like liquid staking derivatives. Um, yeah, yeah. Did you, did you denominate? You know, like the whole L L one trade of last year. Did you did you denominate it against ETH when you're kind of looking to play that out? Yeah. Yeah, I was always trying to to beat um, Ethereum. It's kind of what I talked about. I was like the Ethereum was like the the. The, like how you should benchmark all of your performance really um and then, like if you weren't beating ethereum you're doing something wrong um like you should just be in, in ethereum if you were, were not beating it um that's kind of like higher beta um to that that asset which is like where you're benchmarking against i honestly think like the ETH btc chart i think is going to be less popular i think in like years moving forward i think a lot of people are going to compare these smart contract change chains instead of comparing like ETH and btc because honestly, like they serve completely different um, functions, and I really just don't think they're gonna um, compare them as much as they get compared now. Um, yeah, I, I yeah, I, I think like the against Ethereum charts are gonna be a lot more popular, and that like basically just started um, during like DeFi summer. Where people were, were trading all the literally ETH pairs on Uniswap. Yeah, do you mess do you mess with any kind of spread trades, like long? Long one asset, short another. I see them all the time. Um, yeah, <laughs> I see them <laughs> all the time. Like that was, like, that was like one of one of the favorite things um, 
<laughs> favorite things I used to do. Because if like you can find like two similar like tokens and they're trading at completely different prices, um, if you lock into that early, like you can you can you can do really well. That's like one of one of my favorite things, honestly. Um, I I think like what was one of my my favorite pair of trades? What was a good one? Oh, so like when I was, I was like Jewel, like when when Jewel was doing really well. Um, what I what I was looking at um, is like Axie, and it was like Axie revenues are falling off heavy, but the price hadn't really changed, and Jewel was just starting, I like just launching, um, and it was kind of like the opposite where you had like a ton of people already bullish on Axie and basically nobody bullish on DFK, and they were both in the similar gaming lanes. One was like a lot bigger market cap. Um, so it's kind of like, that was my like hedge, um, like through DFK and like, it worked out, it worked out pretty well. Like that, that, I think that Q4 when Jules mm -hmm. like still going up and actually like had, had started like falling off, um, just stuff like that. Um, we don't do, it's, it's, it's funny. Cause like at, at TCG, we don't do trades like that. Um, cause we focus on early stage investing. Um, and like looking for these companies like for a longer term, like we have the ability to to buy tokens if we think it makes sense. Uh, but it's like completely different from what I was doing um, before, like trading <laughs> actively, like day trading, all of that. So like personally, I have like like different views on on like how you should approach things if you're retail. Like you definitely should take advantage um, of like all of those opportunities because like there's stuff you can find before other people. Um, just like the inefficiencies in the market and you got to be smart about it. Like you, you, it's definitely one of the things where you can get hurt if you do it the wrong way. And like you size it, um, poorly. Um, cause like some stuff I used to do would be like, I would be short Bitcoin and like long alts and people would always be like, why, like, why are you short Bitcoin and long alts at like the same time? If you're bullish on the space, they're both going to go up together. And I argue with people about that, like basically all of 2021, it's like, they don't, they don't move together. Um, and like, if they aren't moving together, it's like, so say you're wrong and like price goes down um, and like the whole market solves. So the market will sell off together, but it won't necessarily always go up at the same time. Um, mm -hmm. And like that dispersion between assets is very new. Um, I think in crypto, like it, it, as stuff used to be a lot more correlated than it is now. Um, but there are, there are times where you can find a new rotation and like, oh, and you may not be able to, put as much size on that trade as you want to, but you can put a ton of size on your hedge with like Bitcoin or Ethereum if you do it the right way and you size it properly um, and you like have your invalidations in the right places. So it's like, I would always, I'll, I'll do that a lot. Um, and I would be able to like play more aggressively with the smaller lower cap tokens um, because I would be short Bitcoin and it will kind of like help me if we did crash or like sell off hard. I would be making money on that side, that leg of the trade, and then like close out my other stuff and then like bid it lower. Um, so I did that a ton. Um, but yeah, that's smart as shit. A lot of people, honestly, I, I, just, I just wasn't doing enough of that last year, but seeing the kind of power of it towards the end. I remember seeing even the relief bounce when everyone, everything went a little mad when uh, like whole ETH merge narrative was kicking in. I remember Corby saying like, he wasn't kind of taking anything off his ETH position on the way up. He was just shorting Bitcoin whenever yeah. I felt like markets was getting a bit, mm -hmm. bit tired. I was just like, 
why the fuck aren't I doing this? <laughs> it's it, lazy as fuck. <laughs> it works really, it works really well because like even like one of the like even when market was still going up and Bitcoin was really just chopping sideways, like all of you basically had two or what like two months to sell the top on Bitcoin. But yeah. like, like late, late 2021, you had months where it was just like chopping around 50, 60 K um, and yeah. alts were still going crazy. But it's like if you're locked in to the alt, just going, going up, going up, going up, going up um, and you, you're not like you have no downside protection anywhere else, which I think happens to a ton of people. Um, it's like very easy to be like, oh, my token's doing well. The whole market's doing well. So if my token's going up, everything everything's going up, and it's like a lot of people just get locked into that. Um, but that's like it's it's very it's very dangerous because stuff can change extremely quickly. <laughs> picks yeah. picks for for bear. I mean, do you have anything in mind that you are specifically looking at? That you know, besides obviously the the chain narratives, but just individual projects that really kind of like get your attention that you think are going to do well? Do you have anything in mind? I like, um, you guys know the game, uh, Treeverse? I've no, seen, I I, I've seen some shit about it. It's one of those that's just on the list. That I just haven't really spent the time looking into. Yeah. I think, um, that's like one of the things that's interesting um to me it's like a they're build i think they're doing mobile first a game um and like they have nfts that you'll be able like as your playable character in game um it's gonna be like combat um oriented um and kind of like a world that you live in and like you'll play against other people um and it's like they've been doing i've been following them basically for an entire year watching maybe over here um what's the like, name what's just repeat the name tree treeverse it's like a game treeverse yeah yeah um yeah it's a, it's a game but like what what's interesting is the i think like a lot of the games that have been building the entire last year are going to surprise people this year like when they actually do launch um because people have a terrible perception of game five i think right now like mm. people think game five was a fad and it's never coming back um but i think that there's like there's a lot of different ways that you can launch um, to create like a more sustainable long-term um, like ecosystem. So like what happened last year um, and like towards the end of 2021, um, it was just like, so the speculative, the speculative fervor just outpaced the game development in every single situation by so much, but people had these tokens where they could bet on like what they think the game was going to look like. And that just outpaced everything by a ton. So like when prices came down, someone out 90, 95, like whatever plus percent. Um, but the alternative to that is these games that don't have tokens. Um, they're like, they didn't have tokens until the like full game is released. Um, and it's like, they've kind of been building their community throughout like they like through betas and like different tests, like test nets that people can play on. Um, and kind of like building their user base that way and just like showing pieces of like how they're going through development. Um, so I think it's going to be really interesting to see if when these games launch, um, you're going to have that like similar situation where tokens just like pump and dump 
or if you have like more sustainable growth where people are playing the game outside of looking at whatever token is associated with it. Um, and then if that does happen and you have this like sustained user base, um, what does that look like and how do those projects grow um, like moving forward? Because I think that like crypto games really do have um, like an interesting way of like the, the on-chain aspect I think is a differentiator between like that and just like traditional gaming. I yeah, I found I, I found that Sorry, from a you. from a from a gaming perspective, like I always said, like you know, it was easy to say that in the middle of the bull, and obviously with with kingdoms doing really well, and obviously actually kind of paving the way. Just like like any rational person, I would imagine would say that that gamefire would be kind of like the the one thing that would bring in the mass adoption because everyone loves gaming and it's so accessible and all that kind of stuff. But then in the bear, it's like I was almost having my doubts around, you know, that, that narrative and, and the function of gaming, being able to do that and bring all these people in. But I think I might've been wrong, you know, in terms of like assuming that it's, it's all over because it's not a bull market. It, it seems, you know, you're not, you're not the first to have come up with, a very bullish perspective over the last two weeks around GameFi, where you know the the, the the conversation is guys are busy they're busy doing stuff mm. and they're quietly going about it they're working it out they've learned a couple of lessons from their mistakes mm. and maybe that the gaming scene is what's going to bring in the masses and it might be like a huge contributor to you know this whole idea of mass adoption let's see um, but I'm looking at Treeverse now. It looks super cool, man. I was just looking at it on my other screen, and it's like, wow, this is impressive. You know, it like it's looks, cool. looks really good. Um, so yeah, you've tried, always tried, been tried, tried, tried and guys it should be launching towards the end of February as well. After Trident Dow. Yeah, I know about those guys. That looks like a rad game as well. Um, yeah. So, I mean, in terms of TCG and, and their interest around, you know, the market at the moment, are they investing directly in projects that are working on blockchain or are they looking at more of a holistic view, you know, from an investment perspective? Uh, TCG, TCG, um, TCG Crypto, yeah, specifically blockchain projects um, is what we look at or focus on. Um, it's like early stage stuff, uh, like seed, uh, pre-seed, like Series A, um, usually in those areas. Um, but across a ton of different verticals, um, like, for example, like one of our, um, one of our teams, like Medallion, so they're focusing on bridging, like strengthening the connection between fans and artists, also like music artists. Um, so if you're like a fan of like an artist, there's really not a lot of easy ways for you to connect with all these other fans, unless you're doing on like a general platform, like Twitter, or like Facebook or Instagram or whatever, um, but what they're focusing on is like using NFTs and blockchain to basically be able to track your fandom over time and allow fans to interact in like a, a social media way, like through their platform um, where people can be like, oh, you were at that concert. I was at this concert. I have an NFT from this. Um, and then like, what do artists want to give those fans or like diehard fans um, and like earn their accesses, like maybe stuff where they get like a signing or like other stuff. Um, similar to that. So that's like one of our on our teams. Um, but yeah, we're, we're fully crypto. Um, the larger TCG fund does like growth stuff up, across yeah. all consumer, but TCG crypto specifically blockchain. Yeah, gents, I 
here to do this. I'm going to have to jump off. I've got a meeting with the, the Beehive guys about the newsletter thing. But Z, thank you so much for your time. If you just want to con- continue the conversation, that's completely fine. I'm just going to have to nip out. But thanks so much. Um, it's really, really good to meet you. First time. I'm sure we'll catch up at a conference at some point. Yeah, no problem. Man. We'll bribe him again. We'll bribe him again like we did this time, Ron, and you'll come back. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> right. Take it easy. Cool. Later, Later Grant. The tequila right. at the next conference is going to be the next bribery point. I think. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you get me. That's how you get me. <laughs> Uh, yeah, conferences this year. Are you going to be? Are you going to do some traveling this year? I mean, what what are your thoughts around conferences this year, and what you're looking forward to? Yeah, I'm going to be around. Uh, I'm going to do a few. I haven't decided exactly which ones yet. I know I'm going to do ETH Denver, um, so I'll be there in like I think it's late February, early March. I'm going to do that one. Um, probably going to do the AVAX one again. Um, I think it's in Barcelona. I don't know what time. I want to say it's in May. I think it's in May. Um, but yeah, that one last year I liked a lot. Um, met a lot of cool people there. Made a lot of good good connections. Um, and that conference was done really well. Uh, so probably gonna do that again. Um, Solana Lisbon, if they do that in the same spot, we'll probably do that one. I think uh, they they did put out a notice asking where would you like to go? do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I demanded that they do it in Cape Town. I mean, you want to come here, trust me, you'll really like it here. And um, they were actually quite receptive to that. Um, really? They were like, that's a cool place to do it. And I'm like, damn right, it's a cool place to do it. <laughs> um, what are your thoughts just kind of like, um, yeah, we're looking at going to to ETH uh, Dubai, which is in the middle of March, because um, it's a central point and it's easy to get to. Um, and then I'll actually get to meet Grant because Grant and I, have this business together but we've never met in person you know we've kind of like done all of this stuff but we've never really met in real life so it's going to be quite interesting um a little bit concerned about my liver but it'll be interesting <laughs> to see how that plays out thoughts on avalanche because avalanche has been really quiet i mean obviously you know with that 2021 bull run it was i mean we all did really well um you know it was an amazing kind of environment to be in and then also like you know, for me, it was like this reality beyond ETH and how cheap everything was and how fast it was. And But we haven't really heard much from Avalanche. I know that they're quietly doing their thing, but I was just curious as to, you know, whether you had any insights in terms of what it is that would, they were doing and, you know, what your thought, th- thoughts were for the future of Avalanche. Yeah, so the, the biggest thing um, with Avalanche for me, it's, it's funny, I kind of go back and forth with, with Kevin on Twitter a lot. Um, cause like, I'm, I always talk about cosmos <laughs> and he's like, dude, why are you talking about cosmos? Um, <laughs> he's funny. Uh, but like the thing with the AVAX for me, like the big upgrade for them was like the recent, actually recently put it out. I think it's called avalanche warp messaging. Um, and that's communication, um, between different subnets. So with cosmos, you have IBC, which is like inner blockchain communication. Um, it's like generalizable, generalizable, um, messaging between like all the Cosmos app chains. Um, and previously these AVAX subnets, which are like the similar app chain thesis, didn't have a way really to communicate easily between different subnets. And this AVAX warp messaging, um, which is their new upgrade, is allowed allow them to do that. So I think that's really important for them. 
um, and definitely will like allow them to compete more with Cosmos in that in that way. Um, I think like C chain is C chain is interesting because it's like it's it's still EVM it's EVM chain but with a different consensus algorithm. Um, so I think the big draw for like Avalanche as a whole is going to be these like different subnets which allow you it's like which are built modularly and allow you to implement um, like whatever VM you want. Um, like, and then you'll be able to like have ownership over the, an entire chain. So I think like the app chain thesis for me is the biggest, the biggest part of the AVAX ecosystem. And they're, they're working on that. So that's why they've been, they've been quiet. They've been doing a lot. Are you still playing kingdoms? Dude, actually was logged another day. <laughs> Did you really? Uh, yeah. right. I, I have, um, <laughs> dude, I, I still, ha I still have like, so many heroes. Fact, dude, you had everything <laughs> in that game at one point. You were just like killing that game, man. Yeah, dude, wow. I have I had so many. Um, like at one point, I had too many. I had so many heroes. It was like didn't even make sense to try and sell all of them because it was just like I had too many. Of them. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like I have all these. I have all these NFTs and it was like all these heroes in game. Um, and I'm just like leveling them up. So I, yeah, I still, I still have it. They actually migrated. They migrated from Harmony to um, Clayton, which is like another L1. So all the like all your assets, you got to bridge. You got to bridge all your stuff. There's the AVAX, yeah. There's the AVAX subnet, and then the other one is Clayton. So you got to bridge all your stuff off Harmony. Uh, <laughs> I think Synapse is Synapse is the bridge doing that. So you, you, from my perspective, you were the one who got me into Jewel. Um, because you came up on my feed about three or four times, like in the space of like a day, two days. And I was like, <laughs> what the fuck is this dude on about? You know, like, <laughs> and wow, then I went, I went, I went, I went and checked it out and I was like, I eventually got there, I bridged and, and I checked this game out and I was like, but this is really shit. Like, why would you want to play this game? You know, like, what is this dude actually on about? Like, seriously, what is he on about? And, and then, and then, and then I dismissed what it is, and I was like, no, 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 this isn't going to work for me. Like, you know, I've gamed pretty much for the last thirty years. I mean, I was there, like, you know, when muds came out, and I felt like I was playing a mud, you know, a multi-user dungeon, and I was just like, no, fuck this shit, dude. I've, I've been here, I've done that. And then you came up again on my feed, and I was like. <laughs> Should I block this guy? <laughs> oh my god, that's hilarious, bro. Should I block this guy? Like, you really gotta block him now. And, and then I went back, I went back and I started playing, and and then the rest is history because I actually got into it. Obviously, I mean, it just, it's so freaking addictive, you know. And I thought it was cool. I really like people. No, dude, it was, it was cool. It was freaking awesome. Of course, it was cool. And, yeah. and you know, like Jewel was like pennies at the time, and you know, I, like I actually that was like the one play I managed to sell the top on, and nice. it was a really that was really cool. It was like one of the few plays where it was like I really nailed it. You know, just kind of like okay, cool. I've made enough now. You know, like I can sell. Nice, nice. <laughs> That's good. That's good to hear, dude. Because bro, I get I get both from people. I get like people are like, dude, why did you why did you shill true? It went, it went down like whatever, whatever, whatever. I was like. Yeah, and then there's other people who talk like, bro, thank you for like BFK. <laughs> I sold the top. It's 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 funny, man. That's the only thing I don't like about like having followers on Twitter. It's like if you talk about tokens, 
yeah. it's like you gotta expect like literally the worst like to come um but i had no idea because i didn't have any i didn't have any followers before last bull run. i was just like tweeting charts so it was just like i don't i'm just gonna keep tweeting charts and then like the it was like the whole thing but are yeah. you are you are you on your second account as well? Did you get banned or something? Or? You got banned. That, yeah. yeah, I got banned. Because too many bro. people complained about the silly game. That That's probably about Jewel, dude. I probably got, got banned because of Jewel. That's probably why I got banned. <laughs> At least you've got your heroes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's epic. Do you think DFK will have its moment in the sun again? Do you think it has the capability to do it again? Or do you think there was like a one-off for that game? I, bro, I don't know if it's going to go all the way back to 20. It was at 20. Super yeah, it was 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20. <laughs> 20's hot. Uh, yeah, 2021 was, was crazy on how pushed everything got. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think, like, they're, they're still building stuff. They're still, like, putting out, like, updates. They actually have, like, their – the dueling, DFK dueling, I think, is actually live now. So you can actually, like, duel other people and they have, like, leaderboards and stuff. Um, so, like, my whole thesis was, like, that was going to be out a year, like uh, – nine months ago so that's like my whole idea it was like when they launch on avax it's like right after that it's gonna be combat's gonna be live um but it like took a lot longer to build that out i mean i think i think like if they've survived at this point <laughs> i think they'll be yeah. okay um because they actually have like more than just like the gardens and the farming it's like actually interactive play between heroes which is pretty cool um but but yeah no did you ever get into? Did you guys, either of you, get into Crabat at all? Dude, I don't think so. I don't so think the crabs, is. the crabs. I mean, they were like at one point they were like thirty thousand dollars each, dude. I no, mean, they were. Like, you know, like, I promise you, you had to sell a kidney to buy one of those things. I mean, it was just like, <laughs> and guys, guys that set up like. I mean, I remember being in Discord with guys actually running an operation with like 40, 50 of these <laughs> things, like have like. <laughs> Like I a tremendous too. amount of money in this whole thing. And I was like, dudes, why have you got so much capital sitting in this thing? And like, I'm printing money. And I'm like, dude, if I had a million dollars, I'd be printing money, you know, like <laughs> with anything really, you know? And it's like, why are these crabs? And it's, but they're also still going. I mean, Crabat is still going. They're still doing their thing. I just didn't find any value in spending $30,000 on something, irrespective of what the potential, you know, gains were going to be from that. I just couldn't do it. I just wasn't we able to... No. We set up we set up a couple of teams for one of the treasuries look after and uh <laughs> feel bad for admitting this, but the, the only way we were truly profitable is because some some one of the guys who was looking after the game fire operations had a bot. <laughs> so, yeah. So like he was just winning every fucking battle he was going into and we were just printing. Uh-huh. But that's it effectively just turned into like a bot v bot situation. Like so I mean yeah, if you were playing that game manually, you weren't making any money, put it that way. Dang. That's, <laughs> That's right. You guys set up that operation. But it wasn't, it wasn't, a, I mean, you guys set that up not, not that. It's quite, it's quite late if, in the day. It wasn't. Yeah, it was quite late in the it's day. Been, and been, I mean, did you manage to sell or did you guys land up with the bag? No, we were doing well. I think we were getting like, fuck, I think it was like, 10% a day at one point. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Better than an own fork. Wow. That was that. That's when you know you're killing better the market when, you do, when you're doing better yeah. than an own fork, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. That was fucking bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Um, 
Are you guys um, are you messing around with any or investing in any of the MEV infrastructure players? Uh, we haven't yet, but I do think like we are aware kind of uh, moving forward, like MEV is going to play a huge role just in like all of these chains. Um, Cause it's like one of the, one of the underlying ways that you can, that value is just going to be always exist just in blockchains. Um, like, I really don't like the thesis around high transaction fees being like a form of profit for a chain, uh, just because I don't really think it it's sustainable. Like if, if like when when Ethereum was like throwing a ton of fees, um, people were like, "Oh, Ethereum's like the most profitable like protocol." Um, yeah, it's like technically true, but it's like at the expense of all of its users, hmm. um, and like <clears throat> in a way, the MEV can be optimize like to actually replace that like that value if you're doing instead of like these these transactions at like super high fees you're on a ton of transactions and then with every transaction there are people like competing against each other um so like like sandwich stacks and everything else like competing against each other for um like ordering within each block um and they're like willing to pay for that like ability um so like that's always going to exist um as long as transactions are happening on on blockchains um, so like the MEV infrastructure plays, I do think are, are going to be really big. And like, we've seen, um, really only seen it like has there's Gito on Solana now, what else there's, I think there's skip protocol and cosmos, um, Man Man manifolds, probably the only way to get access to it on Ethereum, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like we, we haven't done any, um, but we do think it's like a good area. Uh, it makes a ton of sense yeah how this this is this is something that gets brought up because there's a couple of projects we're trying to help like finalize their rounds and things like that but a lot a lot of investors will, will say which is completely true the risk of early stage investing particularly seed and series a when you've got valuations on the market with fully functional products sometimes <laughs> the valuation that some products looking to raise prior to launch prior to product is two, three times what they could go to the open market now and pick up some kind of highly functional DeFi product. Do you know what I mean? So would you do you, would you guys kind of allocate to projects that are on public markets at the minute, but given kind of valuations that are extremely low? Yeah, so we definitely um, are thinking about that. Um, it has to be like a, a great opportunity, obviously. But like, yeah, of course, stuff is down like 95 plus percent. Um, and it's like they're like you said, there are established teams that like have already figured out their lane. Um, and I think like there's a lot of people who are just like completely averse to doing that ever, uh, which I don't, I don't think really makes sense. But but yeah, so it's like if, if it makes sense, if it's like the right opportunity, then then yeah, 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 makes a lot of sense. Jerry, anything final from you? If you're not careful, Jerry. will keep you on for like six hours. He's no no I've <laughs> um I think the I think the one one of the final questions that I have is that I mean how do you what is your like kind of methodology around the research that you adopt I mean is there like kind of like a ritual that you do where you you read certain newsletters or certain websites and or is it mostly from people that you're interacting with or Twitter? I mean, what is your main source of kind of like inspiration around the research that you're doing? 
And you have to include blockmates in that whole thing in terms of the papers that we write, by the way. Have to. That's required. <laughs> um, yeah. I, what, what do I, what's my like process? Um, so I do, I do a ton on, on Twitter. Um, like I have, I don't know. I, I'm kind of, I'm still kind of upset. I lost my <laughs> list that I had on my old account because I had so much information <laughs> on them, like literally broken up into different um, sectors and I've, I've remade them now. But so what I do is I use TweetDeck a lot. So TweetDeck is kind of like, I don't know if you guys know what TweetDeck is, um, but it's like a app built on top of Twitter. And it's like, you can have however many columns you want um, with all the information like if you want to separate accounts or if you want to put lists or if you want to put like whatever you want, especially in one column. Um, and I use that a lot because I read so much from Twitter um, and just like on different ecosystems, finding stuff early that way. So that's like one source of information. Um, and then like there are just like so many super smart people in crypto that I'm like constantly just like learning from. I like literally watching podcasts, like reading Substacks. Um, it's there's so much information that's out there for free that like if you really want to understand stuff at like a granular level, you can just go literally go search for it and find it. Um, so, so do a lot of that and reading through like white papers um, and stuff like on chain stuff, uh, of course, but it's just like, I don't know if there's really like an official process that I have. It's just like always be like reading and listening um, to like the most whatever I think is like the most important stuff of like what's moving. Um, but I think it really is, is important for researchers like to figure out where your blind, blind spots are. Um, so it's like, what do I, and that's what helps with like if you write a lot. So if you try and write a ton about like different um, parts of DeFi or like different NFT stuff or like your thesis on trading, um, you can kind of see pretty easily like, I think I know this, but if I try and like write about it and like, detailed way and explain it to people um without having to like go and reference stuff all the time um it's like that's when you know that you like know it really well so like i write a lot um just like even not like publicly but like just like to myself just like explaining stuff um and then i kind of like know what i don't know and like where i need to go search and like what i need to go do more um do more work learning um do you publish your stuff that you write yeah, I mean, I have, I have Substack. Yeah. Um, I yes. publish my stuff there. I'm, I'm going to start doing more, putting more stuff out. Um, but I write every day. Like, I literally have a journal where I write literally every day. Um, Dude, please send, send us the details. I'd love to actually put that in with reading material into our community. And in terms of what it is that we put out there, we'd be happy to do that. Definitely, yeah. I'll, I'll send it to you. We, can, we, can, we can do we can add it to the recommendation list on Substack as well that we've got currently. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That is oh, that man. is the that is such a superpower, and it's a growth hack like nobody's business. Right in, like it's crazy. It's it's fucking nuts. Honestly, yeah. it's exactly right in what you're saying. It's like I think I'm the big dick. I know absolutely everything. I start like trying to put it on the paper, and I'm like, I actually don't know. Ins and outs of a fart here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's super. It's it's super helpful. I was like, because I I had oh, I had like a journal, like a well, my account now is like my what was my trading journal. Um, but I was just doing trading, so like just doing trades and like help a lot with my trades. And you also do stuff in like research. Um, and it's the same way. So, 
Cool. Okay, I've got any one more questions. Question. One more. Oh, there we go. Question. So you're the one who's keeping our guest and not me for once. There we go. <laughs> life coaches bullish or bearish? <laughs> life coaches, dude. I'm bearish on life coaches. Why? Well, that's not true. That's actually, I'm, I'm bearish on people because I'm bullish on life coaches. I think that, that's, a better, that's a better way to say it. I, I like, bro. I, it's like people are, on, people are online so much now. That it's like they literally every I think I feel like every part of like people's lives they really like find from something on TikTok or like something on Twitter, like something on Instagram. It's like they see it and they're like, oh, that's how I'm gonna do it. And like, oh, this person's yeah. doing this, that's how I'm gonna do this. And it's like they're I don't know, it's like I don't know, the subscription, not only if it's like the subscription, is there a word for this? Like the subscription economy, dude. But like people will pay however, like a little, a little bit a month um it's like oh it's just five dollars oh it's just ten dollars like oh it's, it's just this um for like information that they could go and figure out in like 30 minutes of time <laughs> but, <they're, laughs> but they would rather pay somebody like 10 minutes a month to do 30 minutes plus whatever hour it is to organize it or whatever else um and then just sell it to people it's crazy and it's not even it's not even i, I understand more like the complicated stuff like the people who do really in-depth trading courses where it's like they've been trading for like 20 plus years, understand everything really well, can tell you about whatever you want to know, um, like stuff like that. But it's like literally if it's like I wake up, I make coffee, I like go to the gym and it's like people will literally pay for somebody else to tell them this is how you stay motivated every day. <laughs> I don't know, man. I it's It seems like it's not a trend that's slowing down, but I think it's. It's evident of how lazy people are. Yeah, like someone was saying the other day about Andrew Tate's Discord, and it's like fifty dollars a month or whatever it is. But there's like it's a million 50. people in there or something. Oh my god, it's fifty dollars a month. Fifty. It's like <laughs> it's 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 something ridiculous. And then you think, oh right, god. it could he could probably charge more. But then you look at how many people are in there, and it's like seven figures. Wow. So it's like maybe we're the fucking idiots, man. We should just start doing Dude. TikTok and videos. The, and the thing is, it's nothing original. <laughs> it's just copy and paste stuff for the most part. I mean, Tate being one of them, and, and everybody else, it's all they're doing is that they are copying and pasting and just packaging it in a way that you know is kind of like this vibe that they have, and then people gravitate towards it and they make a lot of money. That's what it is. That's the business model. It's honestly, it's honestly like a business model around being charismatic and personable, mm. which is fair, I guess. But yeah, yeah, I, I mean, suppose if, that's that's big. Yeah. If I had no self-respect, I could be a complete baller right now. But I have to kind of look myself in the mirror at night and things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've got. To... Imagine, right, imagine not having to work for a living. Wow. <laughs> right, that's been sick. On that I note. Think that's I think it's been my favorite episode so far. So thanks very much again. Sorry for jumping off for 10 seconds and realizing my meeting's been rearranged, but yeah. No, you're good. You're good, man. Uh, Zio, are we going to, we're going to get you back sometime. Of course. You have to do it again. Uh, yeah. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. It was fun. Um, yeah. I yeah, think we need yeah. to get you back. 
uh, in a few months and kind of like either laugh at you at all these like, <laughs> <laughs> all these, yeah, like, these like, different takes you're on record now or just kind of like you know bow down in front of you once again we've already done that you know in the first round let's see how this second round goes um, <laughs> sweet dude it's been an absolute pleasure and it's really good to get you on and also to meet you and yeah look forward to to seeing you out there and more of the same man much appreciated yeah thank you man i'll see you online <laughs> <laughs> all right thanks everyone see you soon